such a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning and to share with each one of us what the Lord would like us to receive. Those of you who are regular at the Bible study know that we interact as we share God's word. And so please be ready. I can pick on you anytime, any hour, any moment. So we're going to share this morning on a subject entitled, Cre Creation is Still Waiting for Your Manifestation, Child of the Most High. Creation is still waiting for your manifestation, child of the Most High. So we are still waiting for you to manifest. We are still waiting for you to show up. We haven't had the best of you. How many in this assembly this morning would say they are at the level that they believe God Almighty had planned them to be in every sector. Can I see if you think you are there? If the Father came today, if the rapture happened now, you are ready to meet him and to say, you, you actually are ready to run towards him knowing that you fulfilled your purpose. So we are still going, isn't it? So this morning, we want to encourage you and inspire you. How can you close the gap? How can you close the gap? Which gap? The gap between where you are supposed to be 1st March 2020 and where you are today. Amen. Amen. There's a gap, isn't it? We begin to discuss this gap on Wednesday. And the Lord beckoned to my heart when Bishop asked me to share to still talk about that gap. Once we feel that gap in our lives and in our purpose, North Mid Assembly will never be the same. Zambia will never be the same. Africa will never be the same. The gap in Africa, especially, is as a result of you and me living below our potential in the Lord. Amen. We have to bridge and close the gap between who God says and sees that we are and who ourselves our parents, our church, and everybody else sees that we are. Are we together? Are we together? What are we trying to close this morning, Sister Mutu? What are we closing? Which gap? We need to fill the gap in our lives between where we are supposed to be and where we are right now. In all areas of our lives. Yes. Amen. Why is this important? God doesn't deal in incomplete tasks or work. He says that he who overcomes to the end if God has, had given you an assignment to reach and retain 100 people and you have retained 98, in God's standard, you don't deserve the gold crown. To whom much is given, everybody will be honored, crowned according to the potential and the purpose God has assigned for them. Amen. Now, let's learn from our Father and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 14 to 15. John, can we have John chapter 1, verse 1? 
verse 14 and to 15 as well. So, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 to 15. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is how the Lord acted to close the gap. And this morning, we have a bit of data in about 30 minutes to learn how the Lord closed this gap. Number one, the Lord saw that there was a gap like we are seeing today. He decided to act on the gap by looking inside. Where do we start? Look, the Lord looked inside and said, let one of us go and close the gap. Amen. Now, I want to show you something this morning. The way our father, the one you've woken up to this morning to come and worship, he is so great, so awesome, that in theology, we call him his transcendence, transcendent and has a nature of transcendency. Transcendency refers to an idea of divinity that God is holy existence by himself. God is completely independent of you. God exists before your birth date in 1923 and will exist after your death date. And so, God, who decided to close the gap, is all-powerful. He knows everything, can change everything, can alter everything in your life. God can eliminate in the next second the coronavirus. God can fill the Kariba in two milliseconds. Amen? This is your God. As you sit in the assembly, this is your God. He can do anything without recourse to anyone. And so, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse, chapter one, verse 1 to 3, let's have it. In the past, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The son is a radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Let's go to verse 4. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So the first thing I wanted to say, everything you go through, God knows. You were not an accident. You were not an afterthought. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you. Everything is perfect because God made you. God doesn't make anything which is incomplete or imperfect. And so this morning, we wanted to establish the fact that God is transcendent. He is in his own counsel. In fact, in his dwelling, we can't even approach God. But because he acted, and through that acting, we have a second term called immanent or has a nature of immanence. 
Can we also, can we all say immanence? The what was the first word, Aunt Ivy? Which means he is God. The galaxies are his toy. Can you imagine? You know the galaxies, there are millions of galaxies. And so, eminence, or God is eminent, means that in spite of his greatness, he has made himself available to us on a personal level. Now, look at the dichotomy. He is so huge, and yet Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 13 says, He sympathizes with our weaknesses. He provides for us. This God who's removed from us has been made close to us. And what was happening? Two things. Incarnation and manifestation. God acted to reproduce himself through incarnation. And as we read in John chapter 1 and verse 14, now manifested to close the gap between the survival of the human race. So this morning, what are we talking about? You must incarnate and manifest like your father did. When Romans chapter 8 verse 22, which we can read, says creation. Let's go there. Creation is waiting. He who did not, 22, 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Or 21. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So here's the thing. The fish has been waiting for you as an industry. Every sector in Zambia has been waiting for the believers to show up. Amen? We haven't shown up yet, Pastor Mwembeshi, for several reasons which we'll talk about this morning. And when we show up, even if we have 300 from North Mid only, Africa will be changed by the 300 because we've closed the gap. And so, how do we do that? When we got saved, Stacy, we were saved by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And that is the incarnation in us. We were born again by the word. Amen? Amen. And this word which saved us does not fail, does not come back void, always accomplishes the purposes contained in the word that saved us. But we have not been seeing those purposes because there's a gap between conception and birth. There's also a gap between birth and maturity. And those are the gaps we need to close as a people, as an assembly, and also as a continent. And so, what has happened now is that because the Father closed the gap, he's already equipped us. He's equipped us already with everything we need for life and godliness. If, if the Father is this powerful, is this transcendent, how come we live like this? How do we live? How do we live? 80% of our people, if not more in Zambia, 
are poor and you are alive in the Lord. Can you imagine? We rely on the government instead of relying on the church. And who is the church? Us. You and me are the church. Amen. And I would like to submit, church, that the problem is we have not taken time to know what has happened to us as a people. Amen. Forget about your past. Forget about your tribe. Forget about your family name. Forget about your parents. Your parents were only used to humanly conceive you. That's all. God planned for us. God planned for each one of us. And so this morning, it's time to begin to start to close the gap. How does the gap look like? The gap we are closing. Let me give you three, five quick points. This gap is the gap between your potential and the reality today. What you know yourself. This gap is also the gap between the conception of your ideas or your purposes in your life with bathing them. How many projects, spiritual projects, civil projects have you postponed? Because you counted yourself not worthy. This gap is also the gap between God's perspective of you and your own perspective. Who are you, Betty? Who do you think you are? What is your real name? We have a name for you. And some of you even have which you don't know about. That is us. But what is your real name as far as the father is concerned? Who are you? You don't have a name. Do you believe you have a name? Some of you are called conquerors by the father. Some of you are overcomers. Some of you are encouragers. Some of you are innovators by the father. But with that gap between how God sees you and how you, you and society see you must be closed. Our reality represents man's perspective. The reality of your life today in all sectors only represents man's perspective and the tolerated and compromised state of our lives. So I want to quickly now mention some of the ways we need to close the gap. Why do, why do we have to close the gap? Because the world is needy. Spiritual need, physical need, every other need. And two, the church is also needy. If you don't manifest, there will be no opportunity, Brother Kabwe, for people to glorify the Lord. In, first John, in, in John chapter 1, verse 14, the Lord Jesus Christ was manifested to close the gap so that the Father could be glorified. The reason, honorable, why we have to close the gap, the Father wants to be glorified through you. That's the ultimate reason. He wants to show you off. He wants to dance over you. He wants to say, Chimoneni, Sister Joy, look at her, my daughter, whom I'm well pleased. And so, if we don't close the gap, the Father raises other means to glorify himself. Amen. It's in closing the gap that we glorify God. And when you glorify God, what do you think would happen to you? You just sneeze, the Father has arrived. You turn, he's there. When the Lord was on earth, he glorified his Father. 
He said, I don't do anything except that which the Father has taught me to. And so we have to close this gap because the Father needs to be glorified through our lives. And how has he done that? He has deposited in each believer the seal and guarantee of the Holy Spirit. And he says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And he says, you can do all things through Christ. How many things are left out of the all? Are there some things you cannot do? Are you able as an individual Christian to influence the rate of the culture? Amen? Are you able as a Christian to alter the fundamentals of our economy? Are you able as a believer to feed the whole country? Amen? Because we've already been equipped. So today is to encourage you to relearn you. You have to renew yourself. Amen? The season of talking about other people must be over. You are the one we've been waiting for. You are the one, Mrs. Kabwe. Sarah, you've tried for 20 years now in business. You're okay, but it's not enough. Amen. Ten quick things of how we close the gap. Very quickly. Number one, very, very important, Pastor Mwembesh, every believer has a call on their life. Amen. Many are called, few are chosen. Every believer has a call. When you have a call on your life, what are you supposed to do? Rajola, when you have a call in your life, what are you supposed to do? You squink over it, you ignore it, you postpone, you bambila. Uh, you respond? You give your, uh, yourself to God? You mean everybody hasn't given themselves to God? I thought everybody has given themselves to God. You commit? You commit unreservedly. That's correct. But I'd like you, don't complicate it, Brother Chiboma. When you have a call on your life, what are you supposed to do? That's the first important thing. You answer. You've got to accept the call. Many of you sitting in this assembly this morning, you have not accepted the call of God on your life. How does the call look like? Some of you have been called to be businessmen and women. Some of you have been called to be preachers like Ephesians 4. Some of you have been called in the ministry of helps. Some of you have been called in the ministry of leadership. Some of you have been called in the ministry of widows. An array of callings. The first thing is to answer and accept the call. Amen. How many have accepted God's call or have understood who, who God has fashioned you for? Anybody? Other than the, the pastors. Anybody? What, Debbie, what has God called you? Who are you? You are a music minister. At least we have Debbie. Anybody else? Who's answered the call? So in the next 30 seconds, I would like you to get a piece of paper. Ask the Father, what is your call on your life? We have been misled thinking the call is a preserve of the fivefold. The fivefold are the first portion of the call. Let's go to Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you, not me, 
you are a part of it. Next slide. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles. That's the call. Where are the miracles? All those having gifts of healing. Where's the healing? Those able to help others. Gifts of administration. We are always complaining about our country. Where are the administrators? We have to blame the believers. It's not your fault. It's our fault. We didn't show up to provide solutions, Brother Chibom. In every sector. So, the first thing you've got to accept, 30 seconds, everybody meditate on the Lord, get a piece of paper, ask him to tell you in this service what your call is. Are you the one to feed the widows? Are you the one to go to the prisons? Are you the one to innovate solutions in engineering? Are you the one to innovate cars, buses? Are you the one to change the landscape of Zambia? Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Philippians chapter 3. You've written? Thank you. I'll ask just a few people. Now, this is why you have to write. Look at that scripture. This is the servant of God, whom in our standards had overachieved. That is Paul. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What is it that God saved you for? That's what you must find, Brother Joya. That thing that the Lord said, this one I must win over. That is the one there. So, that thing which Christ saved you for is what you must discover. And so, you must answer the call. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5, 8, and 9, there was a conversation in heaven where the Father and the Son spoke. And Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says, Today, let's go to verse, verse 5. For which to the angels did God ever say? Look at that. There was a particular day that the God had sat down. And the son accepted to be a son. He says, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Meaning, there must be a day when you actually answer the call. You can't answer the call in passing. There must be a definiteness. And I would love that day to be today. Why is this important? That will shape the rest of your life, shape the rest of Zambia's life, shape the rest of North Mid's life, shape the rest of Africa. Suffice to say, shape the globe, the globe experience because of you. So the first point I've said is that you must answer in closing the gap between what you are supposed to be and what you actually are today. Number two, like Brother Kabwe said, number two, what drove the master, Vamukuka, to close the gap was John 3.16. The love for you and me. As you've answered, your motivation is love. Your motivation is love. It must be done in love. Everything you do must be done in love. As you do banking, do it in love. As you switch off people for load shedding, do it in love. <laughs> it 
Even as you are pricking somebody's, somebody's behind for injection, do it in love. It means you do it care, carefully. And so the motivation for our Lord was love. How come we are doing everything outside love? And yet, we are believers. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our the overflowing, Pastor Mambish was talking about, must overflow bowels of mercy, bowels of love. Amen? How do you treat your juniors? How do you treat your peers? How do you treat your bosses? How do you treat your brothers and sisters in the ministry? How do you treat your pastors at North Mead? How do you treat your parents, your aunties? Are you operating in the love? So the Lord Jesus Christ did everything to close that gap in love. And so, Brother Kabul, it makes sense now to say, Brother John, for God so loved the world that he closed the gap. Amen? So, Love is everything. Sike, love is everything. Don't do anything while you are breathing outside love. Because that's God's nature. You can't invent your own nature. We have the gap because we are doing it our way, Sibo. We are doing it our, our way. There's no other way for a believer other than the way of love. So, when you are preaching, preaching. When you are rebuking, rebuking. Amen. When you are raising children, raise them in love. Your worker or somebody does something wrong, do it in love. Amen. One scripture, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 to 3, just to show you a little glimpse of love. Everyone who believes that Jesus is a Christ is born of God, the, the conception. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Which child? Jesus. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. There's no other way to make it in this life for a believer other than the way of love. And let me qualify that. For a non-believer, it's different. A non-believer can operate out of love and assumedly they make it in life. Some of the billionaires on earth, you think they're successful. They cry at night wondering what else is there. I've got all the billions. There's something, something. What they're missing is what you have. Now, us who have this heavenly treasure in us, don't value that treasure. And so the love will open doors for you which your skill, your career, your degrees cannot open. For a believer, it's not enough to have a wonderful CV, a wonderful skill set. That's the basic. Anybody else can have that. The difference is that you are bringing in the sixth sense. And that is the love of God. Which has imputed to us by the Holy Spirit. We are closing the gap. So far we've said we do what? We answer to. We relearn to speak to our hearts. To walk and move in love. Everywhere. There's no place where you don't show love. Boko Haram must be shown love. Al-Qaeda must be shown love. We don't accept what they do, but we show them love. If you don't, you become like everybody else. Number three, in closing the gap, obedience. First John chapter 5, verse 3. Don't turn there. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
It's all love. Amen. Number four, the big one. We are closing the gap. When the Lord was here, Uncle Muni, he used to say, when in prayer, he would say things like, he opens the prayer and says, I know, Father, that when I pray, you hear me. Look at that confidence. So, the number four thing is the threat the Lord gave. He said, when I return, will I find faith on earth? We've got to believe God. We've got to believe God. Faith is number four thing. Let's have faith in God in a real way. Amen. God can do anything, anytime, anyhow. Let's have faith. He said, anything not done in faith is sin. And he who comes to the Father must believe that he is. And how do we show our, our belief? By how we engage in life. We can claim we have faith, but look at the murmurings. Your, your spouse disappoints you. You, you. you feel like God has let you down. Your boss bypasses you and promotes somebody. You feel like God has let you down. Your mother praises your sister more, you are hurt. You keep losing elections, honorable, you are hurt with God. God can do anything, anytime. Let us have, let us have faith in God. Real faith, not superficial faith. Amen. 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 One of the reasons we don't answer the call is that our faith is so small. We are scared. But I'm saying that God has called many of you in this, in this particular service to greater things. What are greater things? This is the summation of everything I'm saying, Pastor Haggai. People are the greater things. What God is concerned about is people. So, whatever means you are using to reach people, Brother Kongulu, it's people. That makes the Father happy. So, anything you are doing, how do people come in? Where are the people in what you are doing? And so, faith must be rediscovered in an honest and true way. Sometimes speak to yourself and tell my soul, Believe in God. The situation around me is tough, but I command you, my heart and my spirit, believe in God. Everything shall be okay. And so, in talking about faith, the natural thing is boldness. We must step out. We must step out of our comfort zone. But what is boldness in Yanja? Anybody from Petauke or from Lundas? Boldness in Yanja? Boldness in Yanja. The Easterners have collapsed. What is boldness in the. Oh, they've gone to Nchuala, okay. What is boldness in Bemba, Rachlek? Boldness. Ukupama? Ukushipa? Ah, uh Ogushipa -uh. is like something is then you stand your ground. Or context. Okupama. What about in Lozi? Boldness. You are still processing. <laughs> Boldness in Tonga. Boldness. <laughs> it's not there. Because you don't fear anything. <laughs> no no wonder that Tonga booze. They don't fear anything. So the fifth thing is boldness. Let's have the boldness that was in the Lord. Look at the boldness of some children of God in the Bible. Plenty of them. But then look at the boldness of the master himself. So boldness to launch out in the deep. 
What is the deep? Changing lives through whatever purpose or giftings you have answered to. And we see an example of boldness in Acts chapter 2. Don't turn there. And also, the promise in John chapter 16, verse 31 to 32, and also Matthew 28, where the Lord said, I will be with you. Brethren, you've got to be bold because Jesus is with you. But who is Jesus? The transcendent one. Look, everything, that's the one with you. Amen. Number six. Why and how should we close the gap? John 15, verse 26. The Holy Spirit is in you. How many have the Holy Spirit in them? Let me see those with the Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit. Not the, not the small spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let's see. Okay, quite not everybody. I've seen some don't have yet. I don't know which other spirit. Let me see those with the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit. Okay, now. The Holy Spirit is in you. You are sure, eh? Okay. How does he operate or live? Or how does he do things? A few things. The Bible says, Dr. Katanga, that the same spirit, the same, a different spirit, the same spirit which did what? Is where? Is it at home or in you? Okay, is it only at work or in you? In, in who? Sometimes or all the time? Okay, now, this is something God spoke to me again in the night, that we need to bridge and close the gap between the altar and industry. You are so powerful in church, but out there, what is happening? You shovel the Holy Spirit aside because now you are in court, you are a lawyer. You give the Holy Spirit what we used to call bump dance at Serenu Koko Fest. Now I'm me. This is the one in you who raised the Lord. From where? From where? Let's talk about that. I refer to that in the Bible study. When somebody dies, they go through decay and they begin, the body begins to disintegrate and that is through a lot of processes among them combustion and among them uh, also certain termites and ants and the Lord was able to share that when you are, you are dead, your body or in fact your intestines go first, you've been buried and so when the Lord died, including Lazarus, they went through partial decay of the body. But then, because of the power of the Spirit, what, when the Lord was being raised, he wasn't raised and given different organs. He wasn't given a new stomach, or a new heart, or a new papua, or a new heart. The Holy Spirit, through his power, got back every single piece and part that was rotten or decayed. If there were 2,000 ants which participated in eating that body of Lazarus and the Lord, how many thousands? Those 2,000 ants each had a piece of a little small, sister small, and they also died and were eaten by other ants because their lifespan is very small, very short. Those other ants which ate them probably also died and were also eaten by other ants. You, we probably had a God's perfect number, maybe a, a, a series of seven levels of ants. Eat, die, eat, die, eat, die, eat, die. Then the Holy Spirit is here and because of the power he resurrects that seventh ant had to wake up and vomit the part. This one also, this one also, this one also, until we have boom, he's alive. This is the power 
in your life. Child of God, you have the Holy Spirit more powerful than Kariba North Bank, more powerful than the nuclear bomb in the States, more powerful than coronavirus. In you, but how come the gap, the gap, the gap? We worry about very small things. We worry about promotion when you have the Holy Spirit in you. We worry about money. Is money too difficult for the Holy Spirit? But why are we worrying about rent, school fees? The Holy Spirit is here and is in your life. The second last one. is that what the Holy Spirit does is that he picks what you have naturally and anoints that. Are we together? The Holy Spirit can create, but he already created and finished the work on the cross. The problem with us, Benjamin, we want God to recreate what is already finished. We are born again. We've gone to school. We've done all these things. We have sufficient skills. But then we need to surrender them to the Holy Spirit. That's the extra dosage. It's that anointing on your honorableness. That anointing on your consultancy. That anointing on your banking. By lecturer. By researcher. That anointing on your computer skills is what will give us through you another Mac, another Facebook, Zambian version. That anointing. So, we, we have to keep learning to have natural skills so that the Holy Spirit can add. So, the eighth thing is that we need to keep acquiring knowledge and learning. Why? So, that, that knowledge and learning is what the Holy Spirit will anoint. He has to anoint something. Church, why should the Holy Spirit anoint being dunderhead? He has to anoint something, isn't it? Why anoint an empty head? We spend most of our time watching in Bali, whatever, whatever. Is, is he going to anoint that? No. He has to anoint something, and that is who you are, your skills, your persona, everything. And so that is the, the seventh one. The eighth one is found in Luke 4, 18, 19. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, 19. A sense of destiny and purpose is on your life. You are not ordinary. If you forget that, then you walk anyhow, you eat anyhow, you drink anyhow. Why you must even watch what you eat, Sharon, is because you are carrying something for the world. You can't eat uh, Hungry Lion Monday, Debonair's Tuesday, which is the other one, popular ones? Which one? Nando's Wednesday. Bo? Panarotis. Panarotis on Thursday. Then? Angry lion again. And you are carrying the Holy Ghost with a mandate for the world. How? Before you know it, non-communicable diseases will set in, isn't it? So instead of attending to the lives of people, you are attending to your own body. You've been called to attend to others, but you are forever in and out of hospital because you've forgotten your sense of purpose and mandate. So the Lord in Luke 4, 18 to 19, picked up the Bible and looked at his sense of mandate. This is critical. Let's read it together. One, two, three. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
do you know that is you now? Because Jesus lives in you. So that's a sense of mandate, a sense of who you are. I can't quend the fechende ende. Ichimpuena. Angongoni. Rose, there's Ichimpuena. You see somebody pass. Ichimpuena includes Brother George. You spending time and bundles to post about a Bukati. And, and, and spread it at this machine, the, especially the men. And you have the Holy Ghost. Where is your own Bugatti? Where is your own Bugatti? And so, we need to have a case where we, we have this sense every time. A sense. You know yourself, you feel do you feel God on, on your life? Number nine, and that's the, the last one. How does it feel for you as a child of God to be an answer to somebody's prayer? Imagine somebody spending sleepless nights worrying and praying, Father, Father, do A, B, C, D. Bongan. Somebody's praying, then you are the answer. You just act. Because you, you've closed the gap, the gap. So, triumph. You've got big dreams, but close the gap. The dreams will follow you. And so, you must be the answer. Jesus is the answer to conceive us by his word and save us, isn't it? But then he manifests through us. So, all these preachings we hear, they must manifest in our lives, at funerals, at chicken parties, weddings, everywhere. When you show up, they must manifest. So let's be the answer. How? Close the gap. When you close the gap, you'll be moving in God's purpose, and you'll be moving fully in God's anointing, fully in God's love, Full in God's in God's faith.